Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you speak to us every day through it. We ask now that you'd speak to us through your word today, this morning, to each one of us, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, now we are going to Flushing Meadow, home of the U.S. Open, to join our tennis reporter, Sue Barkalot. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Flushing Meadow, to the uh, U.S. Tennis Open. Now, didn't he do well? He finally got it. Andy Murray has got the Grand Slam, and aren't we all relieved? Well, seeing the latest British sporting triumph, who would have thought it? Our first Grand Slam champion since 1936. Now, I would have loved to have interviewed Andy this morning, but unfortunately, he's gone home. However, we have four tennis stars that we're going to interview on the subject of service, serving and their service game. So people often say that serving is the most important part of the game. So today, I want to find out how different tennis players view their service game. Why is it so important? Now, let me introduce you to our first well-known international tennis player, Toby Smash. Let's see what he has to say. Whoa. Hello, <laughs> Sue. Toby, could you talk about your service game, please? Uh, so serving is like it's everything to me, you know, because it's that great moment when everybody's looking at me. So I like to do it with a big flourish, you know. <laughs> See, what I do, first of all, I bounce a ball. Everybody's got, got their attention on me, right? So I pause a moment and I bounce it again. Just make sure everyone's looking, yeah? And then I check it up high, so all the attention's on me. And then I follow through with a huge flourish. You know, it's so cool. Sometimes I record it and watch myself on TV. <laughs> well, um, that's uh, very interesting and wasn't quite what I was expecting. However, Here's our second international tennis player, Slobodan Backhandikova. <laughs> Slob, tell the viewers about serving, please. Okay, so, so uh, I have big serve. <laughs> Makes me feel powerful, yes? I have such big serve. All the other players, it makes them feel weak and needy, you know? Make me feel good, because I'm big and strong. Interesting. Um, okay, our French international tennis player, Ricky Maximo. Surely he has some other things to say about serving. Ricky. I find uh, serving is uh, quite boring. <laughs> you just gotta do it, you know? So sometimes I go over the overarm, uh, sometimes underarm. Uh, but for me, it's just get the ball over in the net and let's get going. You know, it's just something you've got to do. Okay, I hope you're finding this really, really helpful this morning. Um, I expect our viewers were a little surprised to hear all of that. But finally, but not least, is our in second, number, second international tennis player from Great Britain, Dave Boggs. Dave. 
I see. Well, serving's everything to me, right? It's the heart of the game. And I find that if, if I vary my service according to what is needed, it's most effective, right? So sometimes I might do backspin. Sometimes I might do topspin. Sometimes I might, you know, do one of those kicking ones. But the key is what needed, what's needed at the time, and that, that affects the way that I serve. And I find if I serve well, that determines how the game goes. And that means that if I serve well, I get the victory. Just what we needed and wanted to hear, wasn't it? Well, thank you to all our international tennis players. Some very interesting views on serving and the importance of it. Now, back to the studio. <laughs> thank you, Sue Barkalot. <laughs> um, so we had some interesting different perspectives on the idea of serving and I suppose if you think of the game of tennis as rather like the game of life then we might want to think about what serving does in the context of, of how we live. Uh, and we heard from Toby that for Toby it was all about getting the attention. He loved serving because it meant that everyone was watching what he was doing. He was the centre and everyone was admiring how well he did it. And then for um, the second one, Slobodan, for him, it actually made him feel good. Actually, the, the serving for him just kind of lifted him up because it made him feel superior to everybody else. Uh, and then for the French bloke, Max, Max was just serving, it's just oh, so boring. It's just something you've got to do. It's kind of like a chore. It's drudgery. But for Dave, serving actually gave meaning to life. It set the course. It was what he was there to do. And if he served well, that determined how the game was going to go. So today we're thinking a little bit about serving. Uh, what's the church for? Part of why we're here is to serve. And there are three key words in the little bit of scripture that I've highlighted upstairs. Oh, we're still in, oh, there we are. Uh, and that's freedom, uh, love, and serve. That freedom and serving are not ideas that we would necessarily put alongside each other. But Paul, in his message in Galatians, very much does. In fact, it was freedom in the context of this new free life that they were able to serve in love. So for Paul, serving was not about doing stuff and pleasing people and just fulfilling what you've got to do, your duty. It was actually about expressing love. So all of a sudden it becomes a greater thing. It's not doing tasks, it's showing love. But it's showing love not through words, but by meeting needs. And that's the freedom that we have been called to. Because at the beginning, if you noticed, when Paul was writing that, he was writing to the church, he was writing to us. He said, you, my brothers, we are called to this freedom, to this new life. Now, a lot of people think that freedom, if you asked around in the world, what's freedom mean? Freedom might be, uh, well, I'm free to do what I want. It's all about me. It's all about doing what I like. But the Bible says that when we're free to just do what we want, actually the opposite happens. And we become enslaved by the sinful world around us and indulging ourselves. And actually, we're not free at all. 
But those who are Christians will know that actually one of the things that becoming a Christian does is sets you free from that so that you're no longer bound to do the things that were holding you back before and were putting something between you and God. But actually this new freedom is to live as we're designed to be. We were created for good works in Christ. We are built to serve one another. And there is something about serving that reflects the character of God. You notice in that, uh, in that reading, Paul said, um, the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. And the summary of the whole commandments was, love God with all your strength, all your might, all your power, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's like that, if you want, describes Christian maturity. I don't know what we think a, a, a mature Christian might look like. You might think it's someone who is, uh, lives in some kind of super spiritual state all the time, constantly singing songs, constantly quoting scripture, driving along every day as though God is in the passenger seat and life is just, life is just amazing and at one long spiritual journey. Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's one of those people who can pick up a Bible at the house group. They're always the first one to the page. They've always got just the right quote from Leviticus to illustrate the point that you were making. It's they've got degrees in theology. I don't know. Is that Christian maturity? Well, actually, no. What Paul is saying is Christian maturity is defined by loving God and loving each other with the love that God has given us. Isn't that an amazing place to be? And the Bible also says that this service is how people are going to see what God has done in us. It's like it's in our DNA. We're fulfilling the purpose that we were created for by loving one another and showing it by what we do. The Bible says, by this will men know that you are my disciples. Not because you can quote the Bible really well, although that's a good thing. Not because you come to church every week. Oh, well, that's a good thing. But the way they'll know that you are my disciples is if you have love one for another. Jesus, just before he was leaving his disciples, one night he washed their feet. Jesus came to serve. And that image, can you imagine what that was like for the disciples to have Jesus washing their feet? They'd feel unworthy. They'd feel embarrassed. They'd think, I should be doing this, not you doing this for me. But Jesus was saying, if you want to be like me, live like this. Serving is in the character of God. And as God fills us with his Holy Spirit and gives us this new life of freedom, serving becomes a characteristic of his people. And so it's not dry things that we feel we have to do to keep the place going or to fulfill our duty. Uh, or to stop feeling guilty. But actually it's positive because it's that place where we bring love to life. Where we show that we love one another. Where we show in how we live the Father heart of God. Where we can display together what God is like. So people outside, when they're trying to define what, what are those Christians all about? They don't start quoting tenets of belief and start quoting how middle class we might all be, or might be. But actually, I know we're Christians, 
because they're always serving one another and they love one another and that's so unusual it's distinctive it's our family resemblance now I know loads of people do loads of things in this place I know it's a place where people serve so I'm not trying to make people guilty I'm just trying to say that in doing it let's remember let's recognize let's rejoice that as we serve we're becoming more and more like Jesus and we're showing our family resemblance to each other let's just pray for a moment shall we Lord Jesus we thank you that you came to serve and that is just amazing and Lord we thank you that you love us with a love that is constant it never changes it never dips no matter who we are where we've been what we've done your love for us remains the same and Lord I ask that you will put that love in our hearts Lord that we will share your love among us more and more each day and as we do that we learn together how to serve that gives you glory and blesses your heart and shows this place where we live the Father heart of God and the lives that we live. Amen.